You're listening to the Nameless Podcast of Castleberry, the show that exists to transform Castleberry by displaying the love of Christ, where we talk about the gospel in everyday language for everyday life. And now, here are your hosts, Matt West and Travis Benefield. Yes, this is the Nameless Podcast of Castleberry. I'm Matt West. I'm here with Pastor Travis. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> I love it. We mentioned last episode we are going to start doing things for a few weeks that were more time-sensitive, that were more about this. So forthcoming, we have upcoming, the 4th of July. And so the first question that people have is how should a church treat the 4th of July? So I'm going to ask you, you you've been involved with the church. You you are a, you are a decision making person within a church. What do you think a church should do for Fourth of July? For the Fourth of July, well, first of all, we need to understand we are a church, and our first priority is to celebrate the risen Savior. But then again, we are still part of the United States of America, and we need to celebrate our independence. Not only are we independent from from there, but we're a nation of our own, and we need to be. Not, I don't want to use the word prideful of who we are because prideful kind of leads down a path of people beginning to think that, oh, yeah, your pride is... I'm glad that I'm part of the United States of America. When I see the United States flag flying, I love it. You know, it's part of who I am. But first and foremost, I belong to Jesus Christ. And yeah. I celebrate here in America as a, as a citizen of this great and wonderful nation that we have. Right. And you mentioned our first loyalty is to Jesus. I'm reminded of the verse, probably because we just had a competition on it a few days ago. Peter and John in Acts 4 are asked, and I'm going to misquote this and people are going to yell at me, but to basically not speak in Jesus' name. And their response is, whether it be right in the sight of God for us to give reverence to, to your rules rather than God, judge ye. But we cannot help but speak of the things which we have seen and heard. We must... Tell about Jesus. We must tell about our experience with that. That is a must. But it's also true that we exist being within a country in the United States. One of those things that we have is liberty. And it's liberty which mirrors that liberty which we have in Christ. Uh, Galatians 6, 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty of Christ has made us free. Christ's death purchased our liberty so that we can live free. Now, we all have the Holy Ghost in our lives, and the Holy Ghost gives us things that we specifically deal with that not everyone does. I've had someone who will come and talk to me and say, you know, you do this, and I don't see anywhere in the Bible where it says that you have to do this, or you don't do this, and I don't see anywhere in the Bible where it says that. And that's where I would say, yeah, 
That doesn't mean that you have to do everything I do. There are things I do that you definitely shouldn't do. Not because what I'm doing is incorrect necessarily, but because the Holy Spirit guides each of us to live better lives. And so knowing that, we as Americans, we are going to have a different life than those who live outside of America. And when you read the Declaration of Independence, which, why do we celebrate the 4th of July? It's really Independence Day. And it's right. Independence Day because that is the date the Declaration of Independence was written. Written by Thomas Jefferson, when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for the bands of one people. And it talks about how we should go after liberty. Liberty is important. It was important to them, and it's important to us. And the reason it's important is because it allows us to see a picture of God. Mm. Now, you can disagree with their theology, but that's something they put down, and that's something that we celebrate. And the reason we celebrate it is because, theoretically, uh, they would say it shows us a picture of God. Well, you know, you you use the terminology there uh, that we were set free. Christ died that we were free. we got to understand that word free. That means that we're free from sin, you know, because he has set us free from the bondage of sin. So our forefathers, signing the Declaration of Independence, set us free from the tyranny of bondage of another kind, but it included also setting us free from the tyranny of people suppressing who we are as Christians. So I believe that the Constitution of the United States, and I couldn't sit here and quote you the Constitution of the United States. That wait, our wait, wait, hold on. You can't quote the Constitution? No way. I, I wouldn't even begin to try to quote the Constitution of the United States. I, I, I thought do. we were going to have a quote off here. <laughs> but I do know that the Constitution gives me certain rights as a believer because the Bible teaches us this. It gives us that separation. It gives us that opportunity to live our lives. When, they, when, when the forefathers sat down, they took into consideration this nation under God. And I believe that it is still that way today, except man well, is kind of twisted. So. Yeah, the money says so. That's yeah. What <laughs> yeah, and God we trust is on our money, so we must, must. trust him. That's, that is a fact. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, No atheists in this country, at least not buying anything. Well, at least they're now they're trying to get rid of our coin now and trying to go to something else. Yeah, there you go. Most of us can't quote the Constitution. And if I give people multiple choice and say, what document is this? And I read them the beginning of the Constitution. Most people don't even know that's what it is. You know, most people, the Constitution starts with the people of the United States of America in order to form one perfect union to establish justice, to ensure domestic tranquility, to provide from the common events, to promote the general welfare. Do ensure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. We do hereby establish this constitution. And that's close. It says in the preamble, which is the mission statement of the constitution, this is what it's established for, to establish liberty. And they establish it not just for us, but for us and our posterity. And that's in there, and that's what the constitution is for. But before the constitution, which didn't come out till what, 1789, 13 years before-ish, we're talking about the Declaration of Independence, which is what we celebrate when we said we were free. Most countries that celebrate something about their country celebrate when other people recognize them as being their own nation, when other people recognize them. But as Americans, we don't do that. We celebrate. We said we're free on the 4th of July. It doesn't matter that that's not when the Constitution was signed. That's when we said it. 
And it's not even when it was given out to people. That's when we had the meeting and people started to sign the document. Well, we celebrate Jesus' birthday on December the 25th Well, because we said it that was the day. There's the high likelihood that Jesus was not born on December 25th. (laughs) Absolutely. But it was set to be close to the winter solstice. and So when we talk about our freedom, what are the things as a church... I mean, if we do fireworks, I presume we do them outside of the building. Is that, you think so? Yes. Yeah, that's that's probably better. So if a church does fireworks, they don't do it inside the building. That's probably step one. Step two is what are the things that would look different for a celebration of freedom within a church than a celebration of freedom outside of a church? I don't think there would be much of a difference. We, we would celebrate in the same way, except we would put Christ first in everything. We would include a worship service. We would include a teaching opportunity. And also we'd outreach to other people. That's what our core foundation is to serve Jesus Christ. Can we blow up fireworks on the outside? Absolutely. Outside. I noticed you said outside. Outside. Now they need some fireworks going on inside also, but in the spiritual form. Okay. So we, we need some fireworks going on in there. We need some excitement inside of the church. Uh, as well as on the outside. And, you know, we can make it fun for people to celebrate Independence Day, the 4th of July. But in the same time, we could use it as an evangelistic outreach tool to reach other people uh, and demonstrate our love for them. You know, it is not only celebrating the independence of this nation, but also celebrating that we are a part of this nation and we're free to celebrate our Lord and Savior as much as they celebrate this nation. That's paramount to a good celebration is is knowing what you're celebrating, why you're celebrating, why is freedom important, and you've put your finger on that to a great degree. Going back just a couple chapters later than the verse I tried to quote last time, where in Acts 6.14, it talks about Jesus is going to destroy this place and change the customs which Moses delivered us, is how the, the verse goes. And sometimes what we would say there is those people were stuck in their ways of celebrating the customs that Moses had in a way that was not intended, following rules in ways that were not the focus of what was written. When it says Moses delivered them, they thought they were doing what Moses had commanded. And yet, if Jesus was changing it, we know that we, we believe in a God who's immutable, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if that's the case, we don't believe he's changing. So what we must assume is that the way they were worshiping, the way they were carrying out those customs, which they were attached to the customs more than... And it was interesting, as, as Nacho and I were studying that passage in Acts 6, one of the things he pointed out is that they talked about blaspheming Moses... His name was invoked multiple times, and the name of God was just appendaged on. They were not associating with God. They were saying, here's a bunch of rules. And whenever we fall into that trap of just trying to do things, we're going to fail. And that's vital when we say, okay, if we're going to celebrate our independence, what are we celebrating that is just a custom that could be done and maybe sometimes should be done away with? And what are the things we're celebrating that are necessary to continue because they're a celebration of the proper things. That's a tough question to be answered here because, you know, a lot of times people celebrate different things for different reasons. Correct. And we have to be very careful. But then again, we have to toe the line in Scripture. 
And, uh, you know, because it's important to understand celebrating things can get us into trouble. A lot of times we can end up celebrating the wrong thing, thinking that we're celebrating the right thing. So we have to be very careful. And that's a lot of things that are going on in our, our, our denomination right now. You know, in the Southern Baptist Convention that just was held, there's a lot of things that was brought up that actually should never have even hit the stage because it has absolutely nothing to do with our walk with Christ. So when we're celebrating something, uh, liberty is important because liberty gives us that freedom of, of choosing to serve God or not to serve God. You know, we have that choice. I can't force, Matt, I can't force you to believe in Jesus only you and Christ have that decision. Now, I can demonstrate the love of Christ, hoping that you would say, I want some of that. And so when we celebrate a holiday, whether it be the 4th of July, whether it be Easter, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, or whether it be Christmas on his birthday, whatever we celebrate, as long as we put in the forefront that he is in control of my decision-making and I'll follow him and him alone. When you talk about living life and you can exemplify that i think the quote that we've probably talked about more on this podcast than any other is the one that we disagree with that was brought up when coach taylor was on here when we said saint francis of assisi preach the gospel and when necessary use words we said well it's always necessary to use words but what i think he was getting at what i'm going to benefit of the doubt give him while yes you must use words those words are not useful at all if what you're saying doesn't match what you're doing. I've also mentioned that Jalen Rose likes to say, I can't hear what you're saying because your actions are too loud. And so when we are looking at how we live, how we carry ourselves, what we're going to do with that, when we're looking at that, we must exemplify Christ if our words, if the pronouncement, if we're going to say, look, you are experiencing a liberty in this country, and it's a liberty that is tenuously held by government or whatever, but I can direct you to a liberty that is even better and even greater, and that's what we want to do. But if we're going to do that and even hope to be effective, we have to be living our lives with a liberty that they see and recognize and understand and say, that's what I want. That doesn't mean that we have to be stodgy and not enjoy the holiday exactly. and not observe fireworks and not wear red, white, and blue. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is we need to be able to show people that the independence of this country is fantastic and we are glad we live in it and we are glad to celebrate it. And that's something we will celebrate. But that independence pales in comparison to the independence that Christ bought us with that once for all sacrifice. Man. And so that's what we need to look toward. That's what we need to concentrate on. And when we talk about the 4th of July, we can say, yes, we have independence in this country and we're very glad for it. But whether or not that independence continues, whether or not we're independent, because there are other countries that are not free and they still have had purchased for them a freedom by Christ once and for all in his sacrifice, mm -hmm. that freedom was bought and that freedom is good no matter where you live and no matter what the government says. And, you know, when you talk about that freedom of other countries that are not free, but they have the freedom of Christ, 
we have to understand their type of worship that they're having is not like ours today. We can freely worship anywhere we want in this great nation, but there's countries out there that if they even hold up a Bible, they're, they're, they're persecuted immensely. And so we have to be understanding our 4th of July, our Independence Day or whatever, we have the ability to worship uh, freely without restraints on who we are as Christians today. So, you know, when we think about it, Independence Day, yes, we're a free nation. We need to be thinking about those nations that aren't free in that type of way that we are because our freedom, sometimes we take it for granted and we just we just go, oh, well, we're good. I, I, it just reminds me of the trip that I did to the Ukraine. It, it just blew my mind when I went through there. and They weren't ready to receive it. And, and it just blew my mind. Uh, the, ter- the interpreter and I would stand at the end of a bus stop waiting for people to get off the bus. And their eyes would stay to the ground. They would never look at me. And they would take off as fast as they could. And it, it bothered me. So I asked the interpreter, why is that? He says, they don't trust you. Because... They're afraid you are the enemy. So they don't, even though they might love Jesus and they, they want to hear it, but they don't know who you are. So they don't trust that so they have to go away. So, you know, it, it just keeps reminding us time and time again, our freedom we take for granted. When I, when I remember those trips over there, man, I just think about it and I go, wow, you know, here in this country, we are free to expel and to preach and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ. But it's coming to a short end. That is something we all fear. But one of the things you touched on that I don't know how many people caught it, so I'm going to go back to it. You said they don't trust you. And it tells us, as good as our words may be, theologians like to use the word logos, as good as those words are, they are worthless if you don't have the ethos or who you are standing behind it. And I know conceptually we keep saying this, but it matters who you are. If you say, man, I am talking to people all the time about the gospel and I am not seeing fruit. There's a couple of things that that could mean, and we're not going to get into the theological exegesis of that now. But one of the things that it could be pointing to is they don't see in you something they want. Mm -hmm. We know that we cannot be of any effect out there for God or for anything if we are living lives that are not desirable, if we are living lives that are just the picture of, yeah, I don't care. That's really what we want. When they see Jesus in us, when they see us living with a freedom that is something that they don't have. That's when our words are going to be most effective. And so you may talk to people about Christ day after day after day, but that talking to them will only be effectual, will only matter when the matching of God preparing them to hear the message that you're giving them. One of the ways that happens is when they see Jesus in you when they see there's a guy who lives with love joy peace long suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness temperance he lives that out in such a way that I want that mm. and that's 
when we are talking about independence and you say independence from sin, that's the independence that people want. That's the independence that we can give them that is not reliant upon who's in office and that's not reliant upon the government continuing to do the things. That's something that's effective to the American in the 21st century, was effective to those in Israel in the first century AD. It was relevant to those who were there when the commandments were given on stone tablets. It It's always there and it's always effective and God can always change that in a person. Well, you know, in changing that person, we relate to that changed person. That person has to identify with the difference that God is going to place in their life. Otherwise, if they're still living in that same sin nature and they've never been a change, the renewing of the mind and, and the transformation, they never see and identify with that transformation, not only by what's around them and their circumstances, but the identity of who they are. They will never be free. They will always hold on to that thing. Well, maybe I can change. But, you know, but once Christ sets you free, you are free indeed. There is no going back. Once you touch the freedom that Christ gives you, the liberty that he gives you, you will desire nothing else but what he is giving you. Yeah, C.S. Lewis says, If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. Yes, will they be persecution? Yes, will they be times of uh, things? But you always know that his freedom is forever. And, and that's something that we can understand about our freedom here in the United States. It, it, it's not forever. It's only as long as we have the backing to support it and the backing to keep it forward. It can change very quickly. We've experienced that in many Christian walks because we didn't get involved in, in abortion. We didn't get involved in prayer in the school. We just thought, well, we're free and nobody can take it away. And gradually it has been chipped away until we've lost some of the freedom as Christians today. And we need to understand if we're going to be in Christ's image, we have to stand that image and be there continuously, not not letting it go, hoping that maybe it'll change back. We got to take a stand for freedom. And this is where it's important that we are not of the world, we're in the world. Preposition definitions are always fun. But one of the things is, as you said, we are in this world and when freedoms are taken away and we don't care or we let it go and we think that doesn't matter, they, they have effects. I, I read a book once where in the book it said something about a lot of people are willing to fight when the enemy is standing at the door. But in order to win the war, you must be ready to fight when the enemy is just gathering its troops. And so if you want to preserve liberty, if that's something that you think is effective, if you think that is a picture of who God is and what God purchases for us, if you want that, you've got to be ready when people come to you. And one of the ways to be ready is to, to be armed with Scripture. You, you mm. mentioned that in some countries to hold a Bible is... is Tantamount, you can be put in jail for that, tantamount to, to crime. Well, I believe that even though one of the good things about people having their Bibles on their phone is 
They can have it wherever they go. They can read it wherever they want. It's, it's available. One of the bad things is we're now reliant on other people to produce that information, to have information that we can get at our fingertips, to have information at your fingertips. Someone else has to provide that information that it can be gotten. So there are countries, I knew a guy who ministered to a country that was not free since I didn't say his name, China. He would go to China two or three times a year, every year. And he would go and he would say, all these people have smartphones, and yet you could not find the Bible anywhere. Like, you, if he said, I would go on my phone and Google or whatever the equivalent of Google was there. Maybe it was Google, I don't know. And he would, he would type in a verse and it, it wouldn't come up. He said he would type it in. He knew the verse. And if that happens, if it gets to the point where we can't have Bibles, where the written copies are no longer there and we are reliant on that, the Bible we have in our head is what we'll have to do. And so one of the ways we can arm ourselves to be ready to always be prepared to give an answer is to memorize scripture, to have it in our heads so that we can recall it. You talk about the China, your friend's China trip. Uh, I remember when Sarah, my daughter, was uh, getting ready to go to China and filling out her paperwork for her approval to go. She was not allowed to put my occupation because by putting my occupation, she would be denied. So the religious freedoms that we have in this country, it bothered her a lot that she could not uh, state that, but, you know, come to a realization that this is the way it is in other countries. Our freedom is important. It's worth fighting for. It's worth taking a stand for. It's worth living day to day to uphold the freedoms of this great nation. And too many times we've allowed it to just slip through our fingers and lose some of those freedoms. And so as a church, we need to be more vocal. We need to be involved. Even right down to our local city government, we have to be very careful what the restrictions, I mean, we've heard where they've eliminated Christmas decoration in a community. We see where they they do these things and and they use uh, the separation of state and all that kind of stuff. But what I'm saying is, you know, as a church, we need to be involved, not to the point that we are disrespectful or we need to be informed. Information is important. And if we're not being informed, if we're not getting the knowledge of what's happening, and I'm telling you, I'm embarrassed uh, on many occasions, and not at them, I'm embarrassed at me because I wasn't aware of all this stuff that was happening. When if I call myself a Southern Baptist, I need to be aware of what Southern Baptists believe. Just like I call myself an American, I need to be aware of what my country stands for and what is what is given to me. As a Christian, I need to hold that up too. This is what I'm supposed to be doing every day of my life. It doesn't just turn it on and off. Oh, well, I don't feel like being a Christian today. I'm going to just flip the switch and shut it down. And I'm going to just live in the world for today. And I'll turn it back on tomorrow. It don't work that way. You're either a Christian or you're not. Same way with an American. You're either American and all this hate speech. Uh, We hate this country. We hate the flag. We hate, you know what? We're getting ready to celebrate. Independence Day 
like I said earlier, it, it is an attempt to be a picture of the freedom we have in Christ. And we will experience total freedom one day when we enter into the eternal home with Jesus and the rest of the Godhead. And when we do that, we will see perfect freedom. Right now, everything we have is a poor reflection. It bears the image of freedom, mm. but it's not complete. And we are all fallen creatures, so because we're warped, the things we see that are parts of freedom sometimes are correct, and sometimes they're not. Sometimes we see that's something we need to battle for, and people be like, eh, you're off base on that. And at least one of us may be incorrect, maybe both of us. But again, we want to look to God and live for him in such a way that even when we make these mistakes in judgment of what are important freedoms, it's still under the guise of that's a guy living in the freedom that God purchased. Because a lot of people know about different aspects of the fruit of the spirit or stuff like that, but they don't understand or recognize or associate or value the fact that that comes with a freedom and that's a freedom we want and we want to live in such a way that others see it and when they see it they glorify our father do you have any parting words for your minions i do i miss brother matt this week he was away <laughs> at a uh, thing in wisconsin it's a little and bit further than five minutes we normally live yes there. So uh, I'm proud of these guys. They went up there. They did some Bible uh, quizzing. And what a blessing it is to have him in our church, being a part of it, teaching, not only teaching us some of this stuff, uh, but, man, i tell you what, this podcast has really uh, got me excited about the things we do. And I'm, so, I'm excited about the people that are listening, uh, all two of you. you know, <laughs> thank you so much. All right. Well, there you have it. This has been the Nameless Podcast of Castleberry. See ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Nameless Podcast of Castleberry, the show that exists to transform Castleberry by displaying the love of Christ, where we talk about the gospel in everyday language for everyday life. Follow us online at npc.expert, and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.